Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thank you for joining us in this episode of Pharmacy Hot Topics, where we sit down with content matter experts and discuss what is currently top of mind in the world of pharmacy. My name is Melanie Smith, and I am with the ASHP Office of Member Relations, and today I will be chatting with Aaron Himes and Jordan Wolls about the intersection of pain management and opioid stewardship programs. Aaron is a clinical pharmacy specialist at Kaiser Permanente in Georgia, and Jordan is an assistant professor with Concordia University, Wisconsin School of Pharmacy. In response to the opioid crisis, many healthcare institutions have created or revamped their opioid stewardship and pain management practices. While there is obvious overlap in these programs, today we will highlight the differences and key components that are necessary for success. So thank you, Jordan and Aaron, for joining me today. So to start off, I'll just ask the first question. In recent history, the terms pain management and opioid stewardship have seemingly been used interchangeably, especially within the context of pharmacy practice and in the increase in pharmacist positions labeled as opioid stewardship coordinator, director, et cetera. How would you define these two terms? Hello, and thank you for having me on the podcast. To start with opioid stewardship programs, their purpose is really to promote safe and rational prescribing of opioids to mitigate preventable adverse events. Opioid stewardship is a broad and continually fluctuating term that can have a variety of meanings, depending on context or clinical environment. In the hospital setting, proactive monitoring and adjustment of opioid orders for appropriate dose, route, and formulation with regard to patient-specific variables is an essential part of opioid stewardship. Inpatient strategies also include compliance with safe storage, administration, in addition to safe disposal and documentation of unused opioids. While in the outpatient setting, a variety of stewardship strategies are utilized to ensure safe and effective use of opioids. You might see efforts around risk assessments, informed consent, treatment agreements, urine drug testing, prescription drug monitoring programs, and co-prescribing of naloxone as risk mitigation strategies routinely used in that outpatient pain management setting. Yeah, and on the pain management side of things, I think we first need to define what pain is before we can define what pain management is. The International Association for the Study of Pain defines pain as an unpleasant sensory and emotional experience associated with actual or potential tissue damage or described in terms of such damage. So the inherent purpose of pain management is the relief or reduction of suffering from such pain. And in some cases, such as with acute pain, our immediate goal is to decrease the severity as quickly as possible. Whereas in many chronic pain conditions, the primary goal is to help patients live the best quality of life in the midst of such pain, which by the way, is why the term is pain management rather than pain removal, right? And There are many tools that can be used to treat pain, including physical medicine and rehabilitation, interventional analgesia, pharmacotherapy, and behavioral health, just to name a few broad categories. And all of these interventions are utilized to limit the suffering that is inherent in various pain conditions. So you might be able to see at this point that while the risk mitigation strategies related to opioid stewardship are an important component of pain management practice, these strategies are not likely to reduce the suffering of pain itself. So why is it important to make a distinction between the two terms? That's a great question. You know, the expansive nature of the term opioid stewardship is beneficial 
for communication with healthcare payers, accrediting bodies, health system leadership, et cetera, but it can also lead to confusion among frontline clinicians. If not appropriately defined, pharmacists assigned opioid stewardship roles are at risk of being quote-unquote pigeonholed. So for example, in the outpatient setting, pharmacists are often asked to help with individualized opioid tapering plans without the necessary tools to make the taper successful. In my opinion, any collaborative practice agreement that allows a pharmacist to reduce the dose of an opioid prescription without also allowing prescribing of other pain medications, including other opioids, is counterproductive and really isn't pain management. It's also important to recognize that opioid tapering should not be the sole goal of opioid stewardship, and in some cases should not be a goal at all. Abstract metric goals such as reducing total MME per day can have a variety of unintended consequences, not the least of which is uncontrolled pain. So with that in mind, what metrics could or should be utilized to appropriately measure the success of an opioid stewardship program? And then again, how does this differ from pain management? I think this question is great, but there are a lot of steps to go through before we can really measure success. First, I would ensure that key stakeholders are identified to review the current health system processes. And since we're talking about measuring success, I would also ensure those stakeholders include analysts who can provide data tracking. Programs can then move on to develop key goals of focus. A few good places to start include reviewing HEDIS, PQA, and Medicare five-star measures, state physician board regulations around prescribing opioids, and the CDC. And since current patient characteristics of your population can drive what's most important, programs should look at their internal health system focuses to choose goals that make the most sense. These might include availability of order sets that include non-opioid options and appropriate quantities of opioids for acute use. Also, prescribing alerts for things like opioid-naive patients that are appropriate for dose and day supply, and alerts recommending a naloxone order based on MME and combination of opioids with benzodiazepines. On the compliance side, opioid stewardship programs can look to improve processes for prescription drug monitoring program compliance, opioid risk tool administration, urine drug screen orders, and patient prescriber treatment agreements for chronic opioid therapy. After identifying what key measures to focus on, work should begin to implement plans, monitor and measure progress, and troubleshoot to improve processes. You want to capture learnings and key accomplishments along the way. And finally, as always, cycle back as goals are achieved to target new areas of focus. Yeah, and many of the risk mitigation strategies that Aaron just mentioned will be implemented by clinicians providing pain management services, but the success of a pain management program is more nuanced and not as easily measured by population level scales or ratings. But nonetheless, measuring the success of a pain management program can certainly include numeric pain rating scales, which tend to be more effective in the acute care setting. But we can also use these scales to assess pain and achieve acceptable individualized levels of pain for the patient. And we also have functional scales, such as the pain disability index, which focuses more on quality of life and daily activities. And certainly, if we're using a number of medications for a patient's pain, many of which are CNS depressants, it becomes very important to focus on limiting common side effects known to occur with various medications. But the basic goal of therapy for chronic pain is to improve function through the development of long-term self-management skills, including fitness and a healthy lifestyle in the midst of persistent pain. This goal recognizes that it is unlikely we will remove the pain altogether for any patient, and it always comes back to the patient. Often one of the best ways to elicit a patient 
driven goal is to ask the patient, what would you like to do that you can't do now because of your pain? Awesome. So our last question, what are some practical strategies for collaboration between opioid stewardship programs and the frontline healthcare professionals practicing pain management? I think having input from frontline prescribers and practitioners can create opportunities to improve care for patients by identifying those quality improvement programs. For example, having orders for naloxone easily accessible is important, but if patients have little information on the medication, they may not pick up the prescription. Auto printing naloxone information on after visit summaries when it's ordered can help emphasize what patients hear from their prescribers and practitioners after they leave the office and encourage more patients to pick up the prescription. Also having information on safe opioid disposal printed can help improve safety for the community. These types of projects show collaboration and mutual benefit for both the opioid stewardship and pain management health professionals. It is important to recognize that pain management and opioid stewardship are not synonymous, and in some cases are in direct contradiction to each other. The challenge then is in walking the tightrope between effective pain management and appropriate opioid stewardship, while keeping the patient at the center of all decision-making. ASHP has some great tools in their controlled substances management resources that I also encourage you to check out. Well, that's all the time we have today. I would like to thank both Aaron and Jordan for joining me to discuss the intersection of pain management and opioid stewardship. And if you haven't before, I encourage you to check out ASHP's online resources where you can find member exclusive offerings such as the Pain Management Toolkit, the Ambulatory Resource Center, and the Preceptor Toolkit. Thank you again for tuning in for this session of Hot Topics in Pharmacy, and we hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Be sure to subscribe to the ASHP podcast channel through your favorite podcast provider. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.